0: Welcome to Adaptify. I'm Mike, I'm a paraplegic from New Zealand, and it's my mission to find the Adaptifiers of the world. People who have overcome challenges and found new, creative, interesting ways to be free, despite needing to use a wheelchair for their mobility. Hey what's up everyone thanks again for tuning in before I introduce today's Adaptify I just wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening to the Adaptify podcast I hope it brings you some value if it does please drop us a review on your favorite podcast player and if you've got some feedback on how we can improve please let us know you can email me mike or reach out on social media and let us know how you think we can improve the show Today's Adaptifier is Marcella Maragnon. Marcella, otherwise known as the story of a brave woman on Instagram. She has 50,000 followers and is blazing the way for inclusive travel around the world. She's got some fantastic stories. She's been to all corners of the globe, and I'm super excited to have Marcella with us today to share her tips and tricks and her learnings from nearly 20 years as a wheelchair user. Welcome to the show, Marcella. So good to have you on here.
1: Thank you for having me, Mike. I'm very happy to do this with you.
0: (laughs) So, Marcella, where are you right now?
1: Okay, so I am in Dallas, Texas right now. I am at home.
0: And you sound to me like you have quite a a strong, uh, maybe South American accent. What what is your heritage?
1: Yeah, I am from Peru, so my accent is very strong. So forgive me if you cannot understand some words. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And so when did you move to Texas?
1: I moved to Texas when I was uh, 19 years old.
0: Okay. And was there some particular reason why you, you moved? Did you, did you move on your own or did you move with your family? What was the situation?
1: Well, I moved by my own. Um, the, the whole reason that I moved to America is because um, I needed to study uh, English. I was uh, going to school for a graphic designer in Lima. Mm. So I needed to, you know, to, I needed to learn English to get a better job in Peru. So that's, that, that was the main reason uh, I came here as, a, you know, to be a student, an international student.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And so presumably everything was going well and um, your life got um, flipped upside down, so to speak. What, what, was, uh, what happened, you know, what, why did you end up a, as a wheelchair user and in this community of ours?
1: Yes, so when I moved to, to Dallas, Texas, um, a year later, I was involved in a car accident that left me paralyzed from the waist down, and also I am an amputee. I lost my leg in the time of the accident so um and my boyfriend passed away the guy that was driving our car was drinking and driving so that's why i am in a wheelchair because i sustained a spinal cord injury t11 to 12.
0: wow that that must have been uh, a really well an intense time to say the least um what was going through your mind while you were in hospital what were, you, what were some of the things you were thinking?
1: Okay, well, for me, it was a very hard situation because at that time, you know, Yasimayin, like, I moved to America. I didn't know how to speak English. All of a sudden, or my English wasn't enough to understand what what happened to me. So Yasimayin being in that hospital bed and being told by doctors, you're not able to walk again and telling you that you have a spinal cord injury. Like, I don't even know. Like, at that time, I didn't even know what it's like,
0: mm.
1: you know, to have a spinal cord injury. And also, like, being told that your leg have to be amputated because you got an infection. So it's just like, it was a lot of things going on. But I think that what it really made me, you know, the what really made me the saddest is that, to hear that my boyfriend passed away. We were dating for a year, mm. and and I think that was the most hurtful of all. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's very tough. It, it's not easy. So it's not easy. Of
0: course, yeah. I, I never, never really considered that not only had you suffered traumatic experience, but your boyfriend's family and friends had also lost someone they loved right and so you had lots of things lots and lots of things to try and manage and, and deal with um, mentally what was what was some what was a turning moment for you what was something that helped you move past that time
1: well you know my family is very uh, my my mom and my, my siblings uh, we love to make jokes. Like even like if uh, something bad is happening, we always are, you know, making fun of each other or you know, make jokes or whatever. So I think that that's what I had in the hospital. Of course, the, f- the first few days, you know, I all I remember is seeing my mother crying and my siblings, you know, being worried about me. But and then, you know, um, after you 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 know, regain stability in the hospital, you know, the the whole thing changes because they see you that you're getting better. And so they're not sad anymore. They're they're happy that, that you know they're happy that that you know to see their sister getting better in the hospital and stuff like that. So I think that's what it kept it me mm-hmm. motivated and you know made me think positive about my life after after leaving the hospital so
0: yeah so so you you got energy from your family Um,
1: of course family and friends you know sometimes it's also very and and maybe there's many people that can identify with me you know sometimes when you have these accident accidents or this going through this a tragedy you really know who are your friends you know there's so many people that want to, you know, stay mm. away because it's hard for them to cope with, with their friend being disabled. <laughs> but there's going to be friends that are going to be with you no matter what. And at that time, I had those friends that were with me in very difficult times.
0: I think just about every single person I speak to um, <laughs> says how important it is to have a support network, to have their friends and their family there by their side and so yeah and you can't you can't underestimate that
1: um, yes and unfortunately you know and many people with a spinal cord injury can that has suffered and a spinal cord injury can identify with me you know you you pretty much lost 99.9 of your friendships when an accident happened and um, you know life can become very lonely
0: yeah, definitely. I I definitely experienced uh, lost friendships mainly because I wasn't able to do the things that I used to do with those friends. You know, uh, climbing and and uh, mountain biking and skiing, and so those friendships just weren't as close anymore because those uh, the times that I spent with them, had, you know, had changed. I, I couldn't no longer do those things, um, yes. and that, that's that's actually one of the hardest things to cope with, is to to um, to not only deal with the loss of your maybe your mobility or other bodily functions but the loss of those friendships
1: uh, exactly so I think that's the most uh, most challenging because so, it, it really you know kind of like um, reminds you that you're not that person anymore even though you are you know what I mean
0: yeah I totally know <laughs> what you mean so so what advice would you give uh, someone going through that right now in regards to friendships what? What would you say? How would you how would you help? Uh, what advice would you give them to, to move past those old friendships and to accept those that those old friendships are no longer going to be.
1: You know, for me, for me, it's very easy to make friendships because I see myself as someone who is normal, even though I'm in a wheelchair or, you know, um, mm. or I am an amputee. Okay, so I think that if the friends are you know, out in there for you, and but difficult. You know, in difficult moments, my advice is to just let them go because you don't need that energy around you. You really need to be and find people that will love you for who you are and 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 how you look and you know and support you in whatever you do. I think, and and this is not only for people that have injuries or are in wheelchairs. This is for everyone. This is this is an advice that I will say. Find friends that will, like, you know, are in the same level with you. You know, oh um, I, I, I will say, and do not get upset if people that you love disappoint you and walk away from you. You know, take those as a blessings because, you know, the people that comes into your life after your accident is because, you know, um, they are there because of you. Mm. And for what you can give them as a friend, um, and for me, those are gifts. All the people that came after my accident for me are blessings because I know that they are there for me, not for how I look. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: Many people will probably stay because, oh well, she doesn't have no friends, and they start feeding that person. And I don't want friends that pity me or feel sorry for me so if you're gonna do that walk away i just need people that will support me and accept me and say hey marcella let's do something cool today and i know that you can do it you know or people that support <laughs> everything i do that's what we need good energy
0: <laughs> yeah totally i totally get it that's great advice so marcella you um you know you you're obviously you're studying english so did you did you go back to school uh, after your accident or had you left then by by that time
1: Yes. I'm going to tell you this story. So after my accident, I left um, I left the hospital and three more later, my mom gave me her brand new car. <laughs> she adopted, she put hand controls on it. Mm. And, um, and I told my mom, I cannot drive. I'm in a wheelchair. I don't have a leg. I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. And she said, <laughs> she just looked at me and I know my mom. My mom is not She never, never treated me as a disabled disabled person. Mm. Okay. So one day my mom, you know, after setting up the, you know, modifying the car and everything, all we need to do is just put hand controls. So my mom called me and it was really bad. It was raining really bad. It was thunderstorming. And my mom went to the store and didn't have nobody to pick her up. So one day, you know, that day, my mom called me and said, I need you to pick me up. And I say, Mom, I haven't driven the car. I don't know how to drive. She said, you know how to drive. You're already being trained. So you need to get out of the house and you need to pick me up because I don't have nobody to pick me up. And there's going to be a tornado coming because at that time there was really big Texas in Dallas. So we have a lot of uh, tornado warnings and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. So I had to get out of, you know, I got out of my bed and I started driving. And while I was driving, I was crying because I couldn't believe that I was doing that. I couldn't believe that I was driving again, you know, after my accident. So I went and picked up my mom. And when I pick up my mom, my mom started laughing. And she's just like, I knew you could do it. <laughs> and then I drove back, you know, I drove my mom back home. And that's when she say, you're ready to go to school. So you have to go to school. So I went back to college and, you know, in college you have to learn all the ESL requirements for you to take credit classes. So, Mm. you know, when I moved to America, I didn't know how to speak English at all. And yeah, at all, at all. So, and then my accident happened. You know, I, I didn't know how to speak, you know, uh, when I was discharged and I was spending time at home, we were speaking in Spanish. So my English, the little that I learned, you know, I, I just like forgot, forgot about it. So that's what my mom said, you have to. So yeah, I went to college. I got, um, I, I took a, a, you know, I enrolled in a program where I did medical coding and billing I was doing that for many years. I worked in the healthcare um, industry for, for close to 10 years. I did, uh, and then I went to the university and took a class on communications in um, hmm. social media and all of that. So that's what I did, yeah. I mean, I can say that I have that.
0: <laughs> that's a,
1: one of the accomplishments I have.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, yeah. I can... <laughs> Yeah, I've been to Spanish-speaking countries. I haven't been to Peru, but I've been to Bolivia. And I was, you know, very limited Spanish. And to actually have the courage to move there and, you know, having to learn a new language um, would have been incredibly difficult. And then on top of that, then suffering a tremendous injury.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, geez, I I now see why you're – Website is called the Journey of a Brave Woman. You really, you really are a, a brave woman to, um, and you know what? Come through um, that. I,
1: and, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know, many people probably will think or will say, "Well, why you didn't come back?" To be honest, you know, I'm gonna be 18 years in a wheelchair or 19. I already lost count. I don't count it anymore because <laughs> I, I am. I feel like I am normal. I, you know, I am normal. I am. Yeah. I am no different than other, any other person. But, you know, in my country, 18, 19 years ago, I just cannot imagine being there with an injury. I think that my life wouldn't be, wouldn't have been the same. Um, I I wouldn't have been able to accomplish everything I have accomplished here. And um, it's not easy. In, you know, having an injury like mine in my country is not easy. So...
0: Do you want to talk a bit about that? What 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 is, what would have happened if you had your injury in Peru? And what you know, how is disability looked at culturally there?
1: Yeah, well, disability over there, um, and I, and I am sad to say this, but you know, the few times that I have been visiting my country because I fly every year, once or twice a year. You know, I can see that accessibility uh, is getting better, but there is still a lot of poverty, um, oppression. Uh, people with disabilities do not have a good health care or they do not have um, the education they need to, you know, go, you know, to go back to employment. Mm. There's not many people employ. Uh, with disabilities, so most of those, um, you know, people are in their homes, living under poor, uh, you know, under bad conditions.
0: Mm.
1: And I- I'm trying to investigate more about this because of uh, of one of my projects I'm doing this year, and and try to get more into the Peruvian disabled disabled community. So. In America, you know, since I live here, I'm pretty up-to-date, um, but in my country, I am I am not. So today I have something very special uh, that I want to do in Peru. So that's what I'm doing right now, researching and seeing, and also trying to work with different organizations there, because I think that next time when I come back to Peru and all the coronavirus chaos passes, I really want to meet with these organizations to see what is what, what what we need to grow as a community because I think that I can use my social media to kind of bring awareness and you know what I mean and I start talking about these issues because most of these people like I say are oppressed mm. and re- really like they're not like their voice is not being heard And you know uh, I don't know if you if you if you saw my post about Machu Picchu, Yeah, Um, so that when I posted about Machu Picchu and I start talking about accessibility there, the most popular news in Peru, which is El Comercio, reached out to me. Mm. So just imagine, you know, how, how powerful is social media? And this is why before I say something against my country or before I start bringing awareness about those issues, I really need to you know, collaborate with other organizations in my country to really know what's going on because I can just not go to social media and say, Well this is what happened, you know, and blah blah blah. So I have to just be very smart about what I'm gonna do because I'm planning to tag every single politician <laughs>
0: And I, I, um, I've already get the sense that you've got a very strong will, and, and you will succeed there. Um, I think it's fantastic. So for those of you listening that don't know what Marcel is talking about with uh, Machu Picchu, you visited Machu Picchu, right? And you, yes. you had a special wheelchair and some people to help you actually visit the, the, you know, world famous Machu Picchu site, which is you know full of steps and mountain paths and you know, incredibly difficult to get to, right?
1: Yes, yes. Actually, uh, Machu Picchu is improving right now. Um, well, you're never going to see ramps in Machu Picchu because it's an Asian site. Wow. And um, But, um, uh, you know, the whole um, way to Machu Picchu is actually just consists on, on on riding trains and buses and then get to the main gate of Machu Picchu and then, yeah, having, you know, people to carry you to to go to the um, overlook. That's the farthest that you can go in a wheelchair, to the overlook of Machu Picchu. Mm. So
0: Wow. Still, the photos are absolutely spectacular, and it makes a real statement, too, around accessibility for some of those exactly. sites. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. And, like, you know, I also visited Petra in Jordan, and... Uh, You know, I know that the Jordanian government are working really hard on uh, making that site uh, more accessible for wheelchair users. I used to have a friend because she passed away last year. She is a quadriplegic and so she had an organization that was working (coughs) with the government about accessibility. So they really did a, a project two years ago about making Petra accessible. So if you go, if you ever go to Petra, you're gonna see the visitor centers, you know, completely, you know, f- you know, with uh, handicap restrooms and ramps and stuff like that. But it's just like you have to probably walk like one mile or two miles, no, one mile maybe, um, and you're gonna see different surfaces. You're gonna have like cobblestones. You're gonna have like that, mm. like a nice path. So I think that. Um, the, these places are getting better and uh, yeah I, you know and, and that's why I tried to visit Petra and then well if you go to Taj Mahal I, I was there also right uh, Taj Mahal is really easy for wheelchair users so and then what other Chichen Itza in Mexico that was super hard but like I say every single visitor center like um, in the building, it's accessible. It's just the, the problem is, is when you start going to see that, that wonder, that's when you start facing challenges.
0: I'm going to interview uh, tomorrow, actually, um, the guys from Wheel the World. Have you had uh, much to do with them?
1: No, I don't. I know what they're doing, but um, no, I haven't worked with them I travel as an independent person. Everything I do is self-funded, so I do not. Um, I don't. I do not try. I, I don't. I don't really work with organizations. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean these guys could be a good collaboration for you. I think you know at least sharing knowledge back and forth around accessible sites. Um, but uh, yeah, I've yet to. I've yet to record that that interview. So um, yeah, it'd be worth checking out. I think. So, Marcela, you've obviously you've got a huge following on Instagram—fifty thousand people or something like that, right?
1: It's growing. It's growing, and, um,
0: <laughs> and so, it took.
1: It's taking a lot of time from me, but yeah. I mean, my point, my my goal is not to be the most popular woman on earth and have a lot of followers. My goal in social media is to be able to help the community, you know, to see that. Listen, you can still enjoy your life. You can still, you know, travel and and having amazing vacations, you know, but this is what you need. This is what is going to happen when you fly an airplane or this is what is going to happen when you go to this site. This is this is all the barriers that you're going to see. And that's my whole intention of being in Instagram to be able to help the community to understand you know the places that they have never been. To you know to understand and see places that they have never been. You know.
0: Yeah, I get it totally. <laughs> I mean, that's a it's an amazing goal to have, and um, and such value to the community. And, and I'm just scrolling through your Instagram page now, and I can see some <laughs> you've been to some phenomenal places. Do you want to tell us about um, a couple of those adventures?
1: Yes. Um... Well, one of my favorite countries, and I'm not going to lie, is Israel. I think Israel has, Israel for me is beautiful. Uh, I heard that New Zealand is beautiful too, so I would love to go someday.
0: Come on (laughs) down. Yeah, come on down. uh, Uh, Yeah. Show you a good Um, time.
1: Uh, You know, I have been to Four Wonders this year. I am planning to go to Italy if everything goes down with the coronavirus. That was Mm. my plan to visit uh, this year. And also, I wanted to do Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Um, I don't think I'm going to China anytime soon because of what's happening. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, every place is amazing. It's very special. I think that you know it's it's amazing to to travel and meet people from all over the world and learn their customs and and build like a really good really build really good connections and you know and build a community. So I have friends in wheelchairs from all over the world that I have met, you know, in person. So that's what I like about the most.
0: So let's just say you're planning a trip to Africa and you've just been to Kilimanjaro, right? What, yes. What, uh, you know, how do you plan for a trip like that? What information are you looking for? What, what um, advanced planning do you do in order to decide if you're going to go there?
1: Okay, so Kilimanjaro, uh, Mount Kilimanjaro was a very special trip. And I'm going to tell you why. I joined this organization Friends of Access Israel and an amazing organization that is trying to bring inclusivity and make you know the most beautiful places in the world accessible okay so they work with the government of each country to try to make it accessible for wheelchair users and inclusive so what this organization is doing and this is something they are applying this model Model that I want to apply on my future trips because I say that I'm gonna organize a trip to Machu Picchu just for women. But in this um, in this trip, we had people with injuries and people with no injuries. Mm. And so we were 27 people that went to Kilimanjaro together, fl- flew together. And we, you know, the organization uh, partnered with one of the best um, tour agencies in Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. And so and we had, uh, we were also, uh, they also partnered with this um, wheelchair company. No, it's not, not a wheelchair. It's a trekker company in Israel called Paratrek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know these folks from Paratrek because I was in Israel last year and we climbed the mountains of jerusalem is i think that's how you pronounce it um uh yeah we we climb mountains there and i love them i mean they're like my family uh omer is like my family i love him so much and so we brought these trekkers to kilimanjaro we a week you know we had uh four people in welchers one of them You know, it's me. And then we brought 23 people with no injuries. So what we did is that we all spent time together and we climbed the mountain together. And we all, you know, got to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro together with the help of these trekkers and, you know, 70 or 80, no, 130 porters. So we were like a huge group. And we needed, yeah, and we needed all these people for, you know, we we needed these uh, people to make Kilimanjaro happen, you know, we couldn't have done it without the help of these people. So it was a very, very, very inclusive trip. And this is what I really love about this organization, because, you know, there's going to be people uh, that have never spent a minute with someone with a disability. There's so many people in the world that do not that do not have friends in wheelchairs. Mm. So after that trip, we all became friends. And now these people know, you know, what is like mm. the life for someone in a wheelchair. And that's the point. It's also brought a lot of education to these people. And I hope this organization continues um, doing what they're doing because it, they're they're sending a message about inclusivity and also showing people that people with disabilities have really amazing abilities and we are brilliant people, you know. So
0: totally. So, and let me just get this clear: if if I wanted to go and climb Kilimanjaro or you know be, be ported up Kilimanjaro, I would you know I would really need a whole bunch of different people to help me and. That's organization, Friends of Access Israel, could facilitate that?
1: Yes, they could facilitate that. You have to reach out to them and sign up. You don't need to be from Israel, okay? They're helping so many people. Like, you know, in this trip, on the first trip, we were the first one. So we had Starla from America. Uh, they have Arnon from Israel, and they have Arnon from, from Tanzania and now, and they have me from Peru. So they're gonna bring people, regardless of their nationality. They're gonna, I mean, their job or their mission is to bring everyone to Mount Kilimanjaro. So, and if you ever wanna go, contact them directly. We can probably put this, uh, their information on the prompts and, and they're gonna be able to, you know, if you qualify, they can take you. Wow. So now, I just want to make this clear. I mean, I am not a physician. Kilimanjaro is it can it can be very very challenging for someone who has a higher level injury. So um, you know what I mean. Like someone who has a very high injury, it could be very it could be very bad because of that. You, you need to be able to yeah altitude. You need to be able to breathe well.
0: So before. You know, our- I, I was a climber, and the highest I've been to is about seven thousand meters. And I remember, so whatever that is, that's twenty-five thousand feet, something like that. And altitude, oh man, it is brutal. It is so hard on your body and your mind. And I can only imagine the difficulty of uh, you know of breathing and and coping as someone with a spinal cord injury. Um, on that you, note, how, how did you how did you manage your bowel and bladder on that trip? What was you know was there special equipment that you had to carry or like how does that work for you?
1: Okay, so we stay in a special huts, not a special huts. We stay we we never camp like we never like you know fix our our tents and then sleep there in the ground, right? Mm. No, we have huts. And most of these huts, as I, if you check on my social media right now, you're gonna see that they're handicap accessible. So they have ramps, and some of them has restrooms inside. Mm. So you will be able to do your your bowel either in the morning or at night using the toilet in the hut. So there were a few huts, like in a like for example in in Mandara, we didn't have a hut with an accessible restroom and the other in Kibo camp we didn't have one so what the operator the tour operator did is he brought these portable toilets
0: mm-hmm.
1: very nice portable toilets and uh and yeah and we were like um you know doing what we need to do there <laughs> but as far as uh, the hiking because sometimes we had to hike seven to eight hours to the next stop we just had to stop and categorize, you know, whatever we we were, you know, like, um, mm. you know, for me as a female, you know, it's just easy. It's easy to categorize uh, and actually for men too. I mean, I had my own space. Uh, my porters already knew what they need to do. I mean, once you tell them, hey, look, I need my space. I'm gonna call you when I'm done. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, so I brought very special catheters that, you know, I, I don't know if you have seen, seen them, that they already come with the back inside. So when I catheterized myself, you know, I, I was done and I wasn't messy. I wasn't, I mean, that's what we had to do because we couldn't continue if we couldn't be, you know, we could just have a really bad UTI and stuff. So that's what we had to do to mm. to make it.
0: Make it work I I was in China last year uh, visiting our manufacturing partners and there was a situation we'd just come off a, a train and I couldn't find a, a restaurant uh, and there was people everywhere and I knew I had to self catheterize I, mean, I just knew that I needed to go I was well overdue going and um, so I I looked for a cupboard or I looked for a spa a quiet space and the, the train station was so busy there was people everywhere. So I ended up, um, I ended up just finding a corner and just, just going right. You know, catheterizing into a bottle in the corner while all these people were walking past me and looking at me, and and yeah. um, and I was thinking, man, this is. But you know what I actually ended up thinking was, I'm never going to see any of these people again. Yes, and, um, exactly. You know, if I don't get arrested, then it's fine. You know, it's going to be okay. You know, <laughs> so you know
1: what? What I have learned, Mike, is that you know, the more I travel, the more I realize that the world is not accessible for us. It's not only where we live that we have to deal with accessibility issues. It's everywhere in the world. And sometimes we have to do things to keep our safe, uh, to keep ourselves safe that might be wrong for others, but not for us. So Mm. this is our way of living. This is a need that we have. And because of not finding accessible restrooms, you know, sometimes we are obligated to do what you did and no one can judge us and we don't have to feel embarrassed because this is not really our problem. This is a society Mm. problem. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, I'm very comfortable now when I'm traveling long distance on a plane and I just came back from Los Angeles a couple of months ago um, or a month ago.
1: I was in Los Angeles like last week, and I freak out because of the whole coronavirus. And I'm like, I have to go back because I'm getting sick from watching the news. But it's beautiful. It's so beautiful.
0: <laughs> I um, well, I got back just in time. I was at the Abilities Expo in, in Los Angeles, and but you know, I'm used now on on a plane. I I put a blanket over top of me while I'm sitting in my seat. It doesn't matter who's sitting beside me. And then I I catheterize into the bottle like while I'm in the seat. You know, I can also call a flight attendant and get the aisle chair to the restroom. But sometimes it's just as easy to do that. And I now feel I feel very comfortable about it. I mean, I, I at first I was self-conscious. I'm thinking, you know, people think, what is this guy doing, putting a blanket over him? And, and what is he doing under there? You know, he's sort of playing with himself or doing something. But now I'm just like, look, I'm doing what I've got to do. And, <laughs> um, you know, and, and I do it as discreetly and respectful as I can. Um, but like you say, I, I don't feel like I need to apologize to anybody. I don't feel as though um, I'm doing anything wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm basically just taking care of a, you know, of a, of a natural function that, um, that, that those that can walk and go to the restroom um, most likely take for granted. I know I did. Um, so, but it's not going to stop me traveling. It's not going to stop me going to the places that I want to go. Um, just because I'm fearful of that. You know, this is what I call adaptifying. It's finding a way to do something um, so that you can still live your life the way you want to live it.
1: I And I completely agree. I feel I I have this, you know, I share the same feeling with you. I agree. And seriously, you know, the only way, the only way to live a full life after you know, an injury is to adapt. Once you adapt, oh man, that, the world is your oyster. You can accomplish everything, you know, anything you want, but you have to adapt and you have to overcome and you have to embrace it and then move forward. That's the only way, That's that's what I think. <laughs>
0: Totally. Hey, changing the subject here slightly, you're, um, you're what, uh, you know, what people would call an influencer, right? You, um, you have a a social profile and a, and a real, um, powerful mission and a community that looks up to you. And so how, how do you navigate companies wanting to, you know, wanting you to promote products? What's your process for, for, um, for dealing with that?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, for any regular, for any company, I do not sign up and I do not work with anyone that doesn't uh, support inclusivity. Okay, so I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter how much you pay me. If you you don't support inclusivity in your business, I am not working with you. Um, doesn't matter how much money you offer me. Another thing is uh, I try to look for tour agencies and um, hotels that want to bring uh, awareness to their accessibility work like many of them are being mandated by the government to make their rooms accessible and and um, and some of them do not know how to spread the war so they that's when I that's when they start. You know, uh, giving these rooms for free to people like me—you know—to to be able to talk and and show on in social media. So, as an influencer, I'm really taking advantage of that because I think that you know, there's amazing there out there. There is amazing people, amazing companies that are putting a lot of are investing a lot of time and money and creativity to make people with disabilities' life better. And so, and this is what I'm trying to to take advantage of. To try to, you know, I say, you know, to to work with them and also, you know, bring bring awareness to their work. So that's what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm doing, and that's what I would like to do. So, and and most of them also see my work in social media, and and they love it. So.
0: It sounds like you you're looking for alignment with your your goal and your vision and organizations that also have that that goal and that are that are going to help yeah. you know help you fulfill your mission right so that's a, that's a really important point to make sure that your values align um, yeah you
1: have to like if you're gonna work with me you have to be aligned with my mission and my goals believe me Mike it's not about the money for me, for me. And and I'm not telling you that I'm rich. I don't have, I'm not rich. I am a normal person that works and all of that. Right. What I'm, what I want to say to you is that it doesn't matter how much money you offer me. If you don't match my goal and my mission, forget it. I'm not working with you. It doesn't matter how big you are. And, and I have led past many. I mean, I have many people that email me and say, how much do you do this and all of that? And and they want influencers with disability, right? But for me, it's like, okay, so if you use me as a disabled influencer to model one of your clothes or hats or whatever product you you have, okay, just because of my following, um, I'm really hoping that you also give the opportunity that you're giving me to another disabled influencer. Mm. I, I hope that you're not after me just because I have a lot of followers. You know, most people do that because, oh, yeah, she have a lot of followers. Her engagement is high. So let's offer her this and all of that. But and this is what I did with one brand last year. They were contacting me every single day. Every single campaign, they wanted me to work with them. And I worked with them, you know? And, and at the end I said, look, I, I, I cannot be your only influencer. There's so many other girls that are so beautiful, they're so talented, So, so you know, so creative. And I feel like you also should ex- expand. You know, to these girls, because there is so much like if you see, Mike, when we talk about fashion or whatever there, you always see the same person doing amazing things. Mm. Why? You know, and for me, that's not inclusivity. For me, inclusivity is when you give the opportunity not to only one person, to many people, you know, with disabilities. And Mm. so that's what I think.
0: That's a that's a really interesting that's a really interesting point and a really interesting way of looking at it. And you're right. I think you know to spread the the, the sponsored love around is in, is inclusive. And um, I admire you for holding so strong to your values. And that's what makes uh, that's what makes your community strong. And people then know that if you us are, are championing something, it's it's because you really believe in it, right? And yeah, that, and that's yeah. important.
1: I believe I strongly believe and this is something that I will never stop believing I believe that the world is more beautiful is more beautiful when it's inclusive and accessible okay and that's what I believe and I will always you know and this is something that I will always keep in mind until I die and I hope that many girls, you know, pass it forward because sometimes it's very easy to have all the attention and and just don't do much for others. And you know, when I was the uh, rewalker for ReWalk Robotics, uh, you know that that I walk with my exoskeleton device. I did amazing things with the company, and I was one of the first. I was the first woman in the country in America to have a exoskeleton device, the first mm. woman. And then, you know, and then the same year there was another woman, and we were only 6 rewalkers re-walkers in America. And now we are like over a thousand people or more walking with the rewalk robotics device. Mm. And for me as a person, for me to see that, it really gives me joy because I, 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 I am not the first one. And the last one, there's other people that are benefiting from that. There are ordinary workers that are working with the company and are bringing light and sharing their stories and, and, you know, and paving the path for other wheelchair users. So I think that's the thing. So if you have been blessed with something in your life that it changed your life, I think that you should try to help others to achieve the same. Because really, I mean, for me, for me, for me, that's very important as a person. For me, it's very important as a leader, you know, to be able to help people to be better than you.
0: Oh, that's so, so, so wise and um, such a good thing to hear you say. You know, that's part of the reason why I've got this podcast is to share um, people's, uh, views on the world and their experience with others so that um, basically we can pass that forward um, back in the day I, I looked up to uh, several people that I call adaptifiers and they really helped me and so by doing this um, I'm, I'm just simply passing that knowledge forward and providing a platform for people to share theirs uh, so yeah thanks Marcella for for what you do um tell us a bit about the rewalk. I'm curious when when do you <laughs> use that and and how do you find that benefits you in your daily life?
1: Okay, well the rewalk was a blessing for me. Um I started in 2014. I got hired by the company in 2015. Well, I wasn't like really a formal employee. I was a rewalker, so anytime they need me, I I work for them. And it, it is a great company to work. Um, all of them, I've been with them for six years now. They're like my family. And it's not, you know, when I joined Rewall, it was never about being on TV or traveling or doing all these cool things. It was about bringing hope, hope to the community. It was about, you know, being able to walk, even though I was assisted by that it, it, uh, even though I was assisted by that device,
0: so when do you and, use it? How do you how do you um, how do you use the rewalk? When, when, well, is it, that, when is it beneficial for you?
1: Yeah, so I started walking with that like three, four times a week, and then I could see all these benefits, right? I, you know, if you met me six years ago, I was very chubby, so now I am not chubby. I lost weight really quick, quick because now I'm walking. I haven't developed pressure sores. I don't have lots of medical issues. I, I barely see the doctor, to mm. be honest. I don't mm. have UTIs, nothing, because the device helped me. So now when I um, I got separated, I got divorced. I didn't have the help anymore for someone to help me, you know, to be my spotter. So now I'm, I'm kind of like going back to walking again, like maybe twice a week. Uh, when I have the help, but I really love to give uh, give my wheelchair a break and and exercise my whole body.
0: Yeah, I had a go of a rewalk. Uh, it was when it was first brought into New Zealand, and uh, and, and you know I, I only had a, a, probably an hour um, of training and 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 a go with it. And it is physical, you know. You still need to really use your upper body to balance and. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, it was lovely to be upright again. I, I, I forgot how tall I was. I'm six foot one. And, um, oh, wow. And I, and I forgot how tall I was. Uh, you know, I have a standing frame that I, that I use, but I don't use that much because I'm stationary. And it would be very yeah. nice to feel as though you could actually move while upright. Yes. Um, and, and I think psychologically that would be, be a beautiful oh. thing.
1: Exactly. I think that's the most beautiful part of being up and walking. It's like your mind. It changes everything. And um, I mean, I think that the rewalk can be hard for some people and can be easy for others. And uh, it takes a lot of upper body um upper body uh, strength and also it could be very tiring for some from some people what I learned during that years is that the more the more I walk and the more I am active with it the better I feel so for example you know I haven't walked like in two three months because the guy that helps me he is in a school and he wa- he had a, a job after school and all of that. So now he's not working anymore. So he's helping me. So I stopped walking like for, I wasn't walking for like maybe like two, three months. And now I am walking again twice a week. And with this uh, coronavirus thing, I'm walking more now. And um, I, I can tell the difference that when you stop walking, you get tired and you you have more upper body, you know, you have to put a lot of upper body strength because you have to kind of like make your body uh, used to the device again. But Mm -hmm. if you do it like every week, twice a week or three times a week, I mean, believe me, it's easy to manage. You just have to adapt your body into that device.
0: What other pieces of adaptive equipment uh, do you find uh, useful in your uh you know daily life or for when you're traveling
1: okay uh one of the things that i love is my hand cycle <laughs> that's what i i really enjoy being on my bike like actually after this uh podcast i'm gonna go and and do my bicycle <laughs> i love my bicycle i used to play sports um i used to play hockey i i tried out for the u.s uh, national team for the women's team, but I never made it, which is okay. Uh, and then I did um, seat ski, skiing. I ski with amazing organizations in Colorado. Like another thing that I did is um, I have done adaptive uh, steep lining. I have done a lot of uh, adaptive sports, but right now what I'm keeping is my hand cycling and also, I do my rewalk, and then now I'm traveling. So that's what I'm doing.
0: So, what does the future hold? What trips have you got coming up?
1: Okay, so if everything goes uh, well, I'm gonna do a few trips, um, you know, here in the country. But uh, if everything goes well, I really want I want to go to test accessibility in Barcelona. I heard that it's really good. most people that has been there, they say that it's amazing. So I wanna go and test it myself and see if it's really true. And when I test accessibility, I just go as a paraplegic. I don't wanna just I don't want people to think, Oh yeah, well she's talking about that, but you know, I am a quadriplegic, it may not work for me. That's true. So I I, I just go as a paraplegic and try accessibility to see if it works for me as a paraplegic, okay? So I wanna do Barcelona, I wanna do Italy because it's one of my seven wonders of the world goal. Uh, I wanna go back to Israel. I I really would like to do a lot of tourism in Israel. Um, Israel is amazing, it has beautiful places and I would like to climb more mountains and all of that. And just stay in that part. I wanna go to Turkey. Uh, Istanbul, I heard that is amazing, so that's my plan for this summer, go to like maybe four or five countries around, you know, that are close, and then come back, and then maybe go to Peru and do my Machu Picchu project, uh, where I want to bring five girls in a wheelchair, but the problem with Machu Picchu is that we have like a really bad mud, how do you say like the mud flow, the the mountain?
0: Oh, like a a, a mudslide?
1: A sled, and it was so bad that moved the rails of the train.
0: Oh wow! Okay.
1: And so, <laughs> and the people, like my tour operator, had like five people at that when that happened in Machu Picchu, and they had to be evacuated through helicopter because you know it was really bad. I mean, the train cannot go up right now. So I don't know how is is that. Um, in this at this moment, I have to go and call my tour operator, but I wanna do that and also I wanna be able to do my accessibility project, my second one where I will be donating ramps or modifying a school for children that you live under, you know, low income and do not have the school adapt you know adapted for them because of they they don't have money so that's one of the things i want to do this year so and then i go you know i don't i don't have plans i only have my my small goals and uh, most people say well you have to have you know plans and, and bigger goals and stuff like that and well i do have them it's just that uh, i don't know i just like to go with the flow <laughs> And see what is there. And believe me, so far things are working pretty good. So I don't want to put a lot of stress and uh, on me right now.
0: Well, I, I sort of disagree. I think you have. I think you have a huge goal. You want to make the world more inclusive and accessible, and um, and that is a that is a huge goal. And. You are doing, um, like, it seems like everything that you do is heading towards fulfilling um, that goal or at least helping see that goal be realized. Um, you've also got, uh, you know, a clothing brand that you launched uh, in late last year, right? Um, uh, the junior no, this was,
1: year, yes. This year, so the I beginning
0: guess, of this year, was it?
1: Yes, I created that, you know, it's very simple. It's a very simple line, and I did it as a fundraiser to be able to help, you know, to, uh, to fundraise money to make my second accessibility project available. There are so many kind people and nice people that are supporting me by buying, you know, one or two or three shirts, which, you know, um, I really need to start selling more because, you know, this accessibility project will probably cost me like, two thousand three thousand dollars so that's probably what i need to make it happen everything i make with the brand is really going towards my projects they're not really going for me so i hope i can find more people that support my causes because it's a really good one and if they need proof You know, I mean, they can go to my social media and see what I did in India in, you know, the job that I did in India in India was amazing. And um, and I kind of keep it, you know, for myself for a few months because I didn't want to go and and tell people what I did. But I think that um, people can see my work when they go to my social media.
0: So, Marcella, where can people learn more about you? Obviously, you've got your Instagram, um, which is uh, The Journey of a Brave Woman. What other areas online can people connect with you, learn about your trips, and um, and support you?
1: Yeah, right now I'm working on my website, and um, I'm working on, on having a YouTube channel uh, also, I am trying to expand this. Uh, it's just that I don't have a lot of time to focus because I have to raise a child, and you know, and try to work. You know, pay, put the time on on things that bring me income because I have to pay bills too. <laughs> uh, but I am um, I am working. Yeah, I'm working on my YouTube channel right now, and I'm working on my website and. Uh, right now I'm using this website where I'm selling my t-shirts, which, which is Shopify. So I'm going to start writing blogs there for, for people to see what I'm doing with the money that I make from the t-shirts.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Um, what I'm thinking of is, you know, where do people find out about the, the travel companies, the, um, tour companies and the hotels and things that you stayed at? Um, is that all best to search Instagram and find out about those places?
1: Yeah, like, for example, you know, you have to research that through so in social media, like try to just like go to hotels uh, pages and then may- maybe message them and say, hey, you know, I would like to know where I can send you an email or if you're interested to collaborate. You know, that's what what I do. Or I go, I research for different hotels in the city that I am visiting and I send my I send them an email with my information, with uh, how many followers I have, and 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 to see if they would like to bring inclusivity or would like to show what they have done with the accessibility.
0: What I mean, For, uh, sorry to interrupt, you know, Marcel. What I mean is, you know, you've you've discovered some of these places, and you've discovered um, tour operators that are inclusive and uh, accommodation providers that are inclusive. How do we find out about those places?
1: Oh, how, like, uh, like the ones that I already have done it? Yeah, correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Through my social media, I usually tag them. But like I say, I have to write blogs about Petra because I found a good tour operator there. Uh, Machu Picchu, uh, I'm going to be also talking about that because it's going to be a special project that I'm doing. You know, India, I also have to add a lot of information. But Right now, what I have is Instagram. So when you go to my photos, you're gonna see that I uh, I have um, tagged them there.
0: Yeah, got so. you. That might be a good a good thing. You know, when you do find more time, if you find more time to, you know, by country document some of the resources you found in those countries that are that are helpful to um, you know the uh, disability community. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I have I have traveled to so many countries already in like almost three years that I'm like. Oh my gosh! It's so much information, and, I climbed, <laughs> and then and then I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, and that was like for me like the big, the most biggest hardest journey of my life. And I'm like, how am I gonna write about Kilimanjaro? It's like I spent seven days living in the mountain, and I went through all of these things. And I'm like, wow, this is just for a book. This is not just only a you know like a blog thingy <laughs> yeah so we'll see
0: well it sounds like you've got a lot of work um ahead of you and so many more adventures to go thanks so much for joining me today uh, on the podcast it's been wonderful to connect with you and and learn about um your wonderful life
1: thank you so much for having me and i'm glad that i finally was able to connect with you and talk about my my um the journey of a brave woman mission and goals and you know and you know into now to have an established relationship with adaptify
0: (laughs) yeah and look we really hope that you'll come and visit us down here in new zealand uh there's a there's a great um great bunch of people down here that we can link you in with and um you would have an absolute good time of your life i'm sure
1: Yeah, that will be amazing. That will be amazing. But, anyways, thank you so much, Mike.
0: Thanks so much, Marcella. Yep, talk again soon. Thank you,
1: Mike.
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast and meeting today's Adaptifier. To learn more about Adaptify and the products we have in development, products that will increase freedom for wheelchair users, go to adaptdefy.com. That's A-D-A-P-T-D-E-F-Y dot com. We're also on all the major social media platforms at Adaptify. Follow us there for more behind-the-scenes looks and more up-to-date information on product releases. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Look forward to catching you next time.